course, we've called this series The Path. And we looked at the truth that your direction determines your destination. And we all understand that when it comes to driving and geography. If we get on 81 and go north, we are going to end up in Pennsylvania. We may want to end up in Florida, but it doesn't matter. Our direction determines where we're going to end up. We go south, we're going to end up in Tennessee. Again, we could want to go to Canada, but if we're going south on 81, we are eventually going to end up in Tennessee because our direction determines our destination. And in every area of our lives, each one of us is on a path. We are going in a direction towards a destination, financially, relationally, with our health, with our walk with God. Every area of our life, we are on a path headed somewhere. And the path you are taking takes us to a destination. It may not be the destination you want to end up at. But you're going to end up there because your direction determines your destination. doesn't matter how smart you are. doesn't matter how good looking you are. doesn't matter how talented you are. doesn't matter how rich you are. Your direction determines your destination in every area of your life, every time. Sadly, most of us, we have a destination in mind that we want to end up at. I don't think there's anyone who enters into a marriage relationship that thinks, man, I can't wait to get to divorce. I can't wait to get to where my my life is just constant bickering and fighting. I can't wait to get to to where my spouse commits adultery on me and my life is just destroyed. Man, that's where I want to go. Nobody wants to go there. Every married couple, when they start out, they want to end up at happily ever after. They want to end up at where we have so many, we are so blessed to have so many couples here who have been married 40, 50, 60, 70 years, and they're happy and they love each other, and they said till death do us part, and they haven't killed each other yet. And every married couple says, that's where I want to end up. I want to end up with my, my spouse where we're old and gray and rocking on the, and on the front porch and barely able to see each other, but maybe we're together and we're in love and we're happy. But we, we want to end up there. But we get on a path that takes us to divorce and destruction and adultery and and horrible times. And so we we all have a destination in mind. Nobody says, I want to end up financially ruined. I want to retire with no money in the bank, living off my kids. God help me. Uh, That's why I want them to be rich. What can I do? Something makes a lot of money because you're going to put me up for a while because I put you up for 18 years. And so it's like I'm going to live with my kids. I'm going to scrap by. We all want, when we start our job, like I want to end with financial security. I want to retire where I can can travel, where I can do some things with my kids. I can have a great life. But we, we get on the path of indebtedness and foreclosures and all these other things. So we have a destination in mind, but we're going down a path that doesn't take us there. The truth, that's the truth that we're going to build on this morning. But first I want to give a little foundation to the book of Proverbs. Of course, the Old Testament consists of 39 books of the Bible. Now, the first 17 books are the historical books. They are the books that tell the story of Israel from creation to Abraham, to, to Exodus, to the, them coming back to their promised land, to the, all the kings and all the things that happened there. The first 17 books tell the story of the nation of Israel. The next five books, they are what is known as the wisdom books. They teach us the wisdom 
of God. And they answer the questions of life. Job answers the question, why is there so much pain in my life and how do I deal with it? The Psalms, they point to God and they answer the question, how do I walk with God? The Proverbs, they point down towards earth and they answer the question, how do I interact with man? How do I get along with people? How do I pay my bills? How do I respect people? Ecclesiastes is a commentary on life and answers the question, what is life like without God? And then, of course, there's the Song of Solomon, which is a romance story. It's a beautiful love story, and it answers um, some pretty good questions about life and marriage and the physical relationship between a husband and a wife. Now, the final 17 books of the Old Testament, there are the books of prophecy. Now, in the books of Proverbs, Solomon was the primary human author God used to pen the Proverbs. And in Proverbs 1, he tells us why God had him write the Proverbs. It says in Proverbs 1, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a good life? Who doesn't want wisdom? Who doesn't want to know how to make good decisions? How to, how to do what is right for you in life and that treats people well? It's how to live a good life. And in verse 4, there's a word that we don't use very often. It's the, he, it's the word subtlety. It's the Hebrew word orma. It means shrewdness, craftiness, or prudence. It's being a prudent person. It is knowing what to do in each situation of life. It is exercising good judgment. It is what we call having common sense. How many of y'all know someone who seems to not have common sense? How many of y'all that person lives in your house? How many of you are that person sleeps in your bed? I'm not raising my hand for that one. But, and I'll be honest, sometimes my children seem to not have common sense, but they're kids. Let's just be honest here. Kids are dumb. They don't know anything. It's my job to teach them. And Proverbs was written as a father writing to his son to train his son to know what to do in every situation of life. So Solomon, God gave these Proverbs to Solomon who gave them to us so that we could learn how to be prudent people. How to have common sense. How to know what to do in every situation in life. Now, the word prudent, that's not a word that we use a lot anymore, but the book of Proverbs uses it a lot. Solomon, throughout the book of Proverbs, he compares and contrasts prudent people with another group of people, the people that he calls simple. Now, simple doesn't mean stupid. Simple doesn't mean that they're, they're just stupid people. It means that they, they're, they're unlearned. They don't have common sense. They don't know what to do in every situation because maybe they've never been taught. Now, later in Proverbs 19.25, Solomon says this, Smite a scorner. And the simple will beware. Now that word beware, it's the Hebrew word orma. It means prudent. So he says, smite a scorner and the simple will become prudent. 
and reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. So Solomon is saying here there are some people that learn from verbal instruction. There are some people who a friend points out something that they're doing that this may not be a good idea. I think that decision you're making could cause some trouble. Maybe this isn't a wise investment. And someone, someone corrects them verbally or, or maybe says, I think this is wrong verbally. And they, they see that, they understand it, and they learn from it. But other people, Solomon says, have to be beaten to learn a lesson. Not literally. Some people learn from verbal instruction. Some people learn from pain. Some people learn from doing something. It turning out wrong. It hurts them. And they learn from it. And that's okay as long as you learn from it. You know, my kids, again, kids are dumb. They do stupid things. You know, they'll, they'll walk, try to balance on the, the, the handrail of the deck. They'll slip off, fall, and hurt their head. And I always ask them, did you learn anything? No. Well, that was dumb then. But if you learn, don't walk on the, the rail of the deck. Hey, that bump on your head did something. You learned from it. So some people learn from verbal instruction. Some people learn... From pain, look at what Solomon says in chapter 12, verse 16. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covers shame. He didn't, now, he's not saying prudent people know how to get away with stuff. Prudent people can keep their sins hidden. It's not what he's saying here. What he's saying is simple people let their emotions control them. They lose their temper. They get upset over nothing. They, lose, they, just, they, 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 they allow their emotions to control them. They complain. They spout off when things don't go their way. But prudent people learn to control themselves and don't let their emotions control them. Because they know their emotions are not what they should base truth on. Look at what he says in chapter 14, verse 15. The simple believeth every word. But the prudent man looketh on as well on his going. Simple people are easily fooled. They believe everything anyone tells them. They believe anyone thing, they believe everything they see on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or anything. They believe everything they see. They believe everything they hear. Someone said it. It's on, it's on the internet. It's got to be true. No! Prudent people say that. Let me make sure that's what it's really saying or what's really going on before I make a decision. Prudent people use their brains. Look at verse number 22, verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. This proverb is so important, Solomon says it twice. So we're going to look at it in Proverbs 27, verse 12. So look at Proverbs 27, verse 12. Solomon says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. God is telling us, he's, it's so important, he, he wanted to tell us twice. This wasn't Solomon just forgetting I said this one time. This is God driving home a point. God is telling us that simple people Ignore the danger signs of the path that they are on and they are punished because of it. But prudent people, they see the danger signs of the path ahead and they change direction. They make a course correction. 
the path we choose is vitally important. So that raises the question, how do we choose the right path? Or in some cases, if you're on the wrong path, how do you get off and get on the right one? Now today, in our culture today, in our society today, it's pretty hard to get lost. I mean, like really lost on the highway. We've got, of course, our GPSs, and we've got, well, you know, now most of us have our cell phone that is our GPS, and it's updated regularly, and so it's real hard. All you got to do is tell it where you want to go and just follow the directions. And even if you ignore the directions, it's going to keep changing direction to get you to where you want to go. But there was a time where you had to rely on maps, and for some of our younger people, maps are their big paper GPSs. They had to unfold, and, you know, folding them back was a fun thing to try to do. And you had to figure out where you are and where you want to get to. And I remember me and April were talking about this last night. Her family uh, regularly took family vacations. They enjoyed them. They would go to the lake. They would go to the beach. They would spend time. They, they liked being with each other. I don't know why because I've met them. But they liked being with each other. My family did not. It's not that we didn't like being with each other, that was part of it, but my dad was not the best guy to go on vacation with. And I remember we, we took one vacation that I remember, we went to the beach, and it was a complete disaster, because uh, we, we got in the car, and we were heading there, my mom asked him, did you pack the spare tire? Yes, I packed the spare tire. Well, sure enough, we got a flat. He went to get the spare tire, it was the wrong spare tire. So him and my brother had to walk like a couple miles down the road, get the tire fixed, bring it back, and put it on. So we were several hours behind. And then he's going to the beach, and my mom keeps asking him, do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Yeah, I know where we're going. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't check the map. We ended up like four hours out of our way, and it's already four hours to the beach. So it's a miserable trip because he, and I believe, there's a time he realized I'm not going the right direction, but he refused to stop and ask directions or try to figure things out. I'm not like that. If I think I'm lost, I'm stopping, I'm Googling it, I'm asking somebody, because I don't want to get off track, I don't want to waste that time. Because a prudent man says, I'm not going the direction I want to go. Maybe what's ahead is danger. Maybe what's ahead is not where I want to end up, so I'm going to do whatever I need to do to change direction. Being prudent means you make a course correction. It is recognizing the path that you were on morally, relationally, financially, spiritually, is leading you somewhere you don't want to go. And then making an active decision to get off of that path and get on the right path. The one that leads you to where you want to go. While the prudent make a course correction, the simple just keep going. They may see the danger, but they don't think it's that serious. It's not that big a deal. Maybe it'll end up somewhere different. So they continue going down the wrong path. When the prudent person sees a relationship heading down the wrong path, they do something about it. The simple keep going. When the prudent people man sees a trouble in their financial future, they do something about it. The simple keep on spending. When the prudent person realizes their relationship with God isn't going the way it should or isn't growing like it should, they do something. The simple person keeps doing whatever it does that keeps them away from their time with God. But look at the second part of this. Prudent man foreseeth the evil and hide himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. 
Punished for what? For refusing to act on what they saw. They are punished because they don't see a connection between the choices they make today and the things that happen tomorrow. They overlook the fact that every path has a destination and they are punished because of it. And sadly, the sad thing is, it's usually not just the simple that are punished, but it's everyone around them. Their family suffers, their spouses suffer, their kids suffer. Why? Because they didn't see the danger or they did see the danger and just ignored it. Their spouses or kids all suffer because of their bad decision. The simple just keep going. No one of us, none of us want to be called simple. But we keep going down the wrong path. That's what the Bible says that we are. Prudent people know it's not what they see that makes a difference. It's what they do. So how do you choose the right path? How do you choose, make a course correction? Well, first thing when you look at it is what to do. The prudent Bible says, see the danger and take refuge. Look again at verse 12. That's what it says. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. He takes refuge. He does something different. They act on what they see. Again, prudent people know it's not what they see that makes a difference. It's what you do. You can see danger and not do anything about it, and you're still in danger. You can be driving down the road and see a sign that says bridge out and say, oh man, that bridge is out. But if you keep going, guess what? You're going to run off the bridge. It's not what you see. It's what you do that makes the difference. It makes sense, but I see people every week, they come to church, they nod along, they take notes, they say amen, but they don't do anything with what they've learned. They keep going down the same path. They may agree that there is danger. They may see that there's danger, but they don't do anything to stop the danger. And we all do from time to time. We see trouble coming, but we just keep going down that path. If there's going to be a change, we have to hide ourselves. We have to take refuge. We have to make a change and do something. Seeing it, feeling it, agreeing that there's danger there is not enough. You need to make a change. You need to make a phone call. You need to get help. You need to do something about the path that you're on. You may have to have an awkward conversation with your spouse. You may have to have a conversation that says, Honey, I love you and I, I really Lord, I want to spend my entire life with you and I want us to have a happy marriage and I want us to, to grow old together and I want us to be like that couple in the notebook that dies in each other's arms. I want that. But I don't see us ending up there. I see us ending up in bitterness and divorce. So we need to do something. Maybe having an awkward conversation with your spouse or your, or your, your parents saying, I want to end up in more purity. I would have morality that pleases God, but I'm on a path that takes me down pornography and addiction, and I just I don't want to do it anymore. I've got to do something to make a change. I'm, I'm spending too much. I don't want to end up financially secure, but I've got, I, I'm just not on that path. You may need to cut up your credit cards. You may need to block someone's number or change your number. There's a friend of mine, this is not me, they're saying there's a friend of mine that's taking me down the wrong path. I don't want to end up where they're taking me, but I don't know what to do. Block their number. Why do I want to be mean? Sometimes being mean 
is okay if it gets you on the right path. You know, we're too PC. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Fine, then keep going down the path of destruction. The Bible says you'll be punished for it. You may need to move out. You may need to break up with someone. You may need to find some new friends. Hey, you may need to set an alarm for Sunday so you make sure you and the entire family get to church on time. I know. It's a big one. You may need to decide we are going to go to church. You may need to rearrange some things in your, your schedule, your kids' schedule, so they can be in church activities more often. You may need to empty your liquor cabinet. You may need to join a support group. You may need to go to a counselor. You may need to sell your TV. You may need to get rid of your internet. That sounds crazy. You may need to do it. Sounds extreme. And that's the point. See, Jesus taught the exact same thing on the Sermon on the Mount. Look at Matthew chapter 5. And if thy right hand offend thee, read it together here, pluck it out and cast it from thee. Does that sound extreme? Your eye is offending you, so pluck out your eyeball. That's extreme. Cutting your internet is not that extreme. But then he keeps going. And not the whole best cast in hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, again, cut it off. And cast it from thee. Jesus said, if your hand is taking you down the wrong path, cut off your hand. If your cell phone is taking you down the wrong path, get rid of your cell phone. You don't need it. Well, preacher, it's 2019. We all need cell phones. Fine, get a flip phone. You can still find phones that don't get internet. Well, what will people think? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if people say, man, that's... You got a flip phone? I had that phone 10 years ago. Great. I was pure 10 years ago and I had it too, so now I got it back. You don't need, oh, I got to have internet. No, you don't. Got to have online bill pay. Go to the library. You know what the library has? Filters. You can't get on bad stuff there. So go to the library. Get a filter. Do something. Whatever you have to do, if it's extreme or not, if you're on the wrong path, do something to get off of it. You have to get off that path. Nothing in your life is worth letting it take you down the wrong path. There's no job. There's no person. There's no technology worth continuing down the wrong path and destroying your life and everyone's life around you. If you're on the wrong path, do something. Give up what is leading you towards punishment, what is leading you, leading you towards destruction. Look, there are people all over the world. There are people probably in this room that wish they could rewind their life to a certain point and make a different decision. Say, if I just made a decision here, a different, my entire life would be different. But you can't do that. Once you're on the wrong path, you can't go back, but you can get off that path and get on a new one. There are people who wish they never owned a computer. There are couples who wished they never did, they never went into debt before they were too far down the path themselves. There are all kinds of actions that seem extreme now, but later on, they'll look like common sense when you're looking back at your path. What feels like sacrifice now will look like an investment later. It's what to do. Second thing, what to expect. Once you decide to act on what you see, there are two things you can expect. The first one is embarrassment. 
That sounds fun, doesn't it? Second one's relief. You're going to have embarrassment because what you do will appear to the simple people around you to be an overcorrection, to be an overreaction. When you're trying to be wise, when you're trying to be prudent, you may seem foolish or fearful to the simple people around you. But remember, the prudent people don't react to what they see in their current situation. They react to what they see coming down the path. They foresee the evil later and do something now about it to avoid future trouble, not the current trouble that they're in. See, the simple, they don't look past next weekend. They don't look past the next paycheck. They just, so drastic changes to them seem odd. Acting prudently looks overly cautious to those who are simple. You may look silly now, but you're taking steps for later. To get to the destination you want later, you have to make course corrections now. Say it differently. To look wise later, you have to do things now that may make you seem silly to others. I read a story recently about a guy down in Atlanta who uh, put up a billboard in the middle of a forest. So, I mean, full-size, industrial-size billboard, double-sided, powered lights everywhere, just a full-size, huge billboard in the middle of the forest. You couldn't see it from the road. Even in wintertime, when all the trees were gone at night, you could barely see the light. For two years, people made fun of that guy. Why did he put a billboard in the forest? No one's going to see it but the deer. Well, two years went by, people made fun of him. Well, now, why did he do that? Then all of a sudden, the state announced that they were bringing a highway through that forest. They started clearing trees around his billboard. And it came out that the highway they were building was going to be a billboard-free zone, but he was already there. So he got grandfathered in. So they built this freeway, and now he owns the only billboard on one of the busiest sections in Atlanta, Georgia. And every month, he gets check after check after check from companies who pay him big bucks because he's the only one there. He can make any, make any price he wants to. They pay him big bucks to stick their advertisement on their side. Now, he looks prudent. Now, he looks smart. But two years before, he looked like a fool. Why would you put a billboard in the middle of the woods? Because he saw where he wanted to be. He saw what was coming down the path. said, that's where I want to end up. So he acted prudently, but he looked foolish. But now, he's got relief. So that brings us to the second part. He saw his destination. He wanted to end up, and he made corrections to get there. He dealt with a little embarrassment at first to end up with relief, which is the last thing that we can expect when we make course corrections. The prudent take refuge now and eventually breathe a sigh of relief when they avoid the evil that lay ahead. It's, it's having a little, it's, it's sacrificing a little bit now so you can invest so that when you do retire, you're like, I don't have to rely on Social Security, which probably won't be there when I retire. I don't have to rely on the, the goodness of my children who may not be there when I retire. They may say, Dad, I remember how you taught me. I got to work for my money. Guess what you better do, Dad? I know you're 87, but get a job. <coughs> It is suffering, it is sacrificing now to breathe easier later. But the simple, they don't take refuge. They just keep heading down the same path towards destruction, 
and they're punished. There's no relief for them. Just hurt. There's a phrase, a saying I heard in college that always stuck with me, and it's the only phrase that I heard in college that ever stuck with me. Everything else I got rid of. But here's the phrase. Don't sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Here's what that means. Don't waste what could be later for what you want now. Don't sacrifice what you could have later because you want to have something better now. It is delayed gratification. Look, delayed gratification is something we don't like to practice because we don't like that delayed part. But you know what the second word is? Gratification. You do get gratification just later. And usually more than you would have had now. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take years. But when you make a course correction, eventually you'll breathe a sigh of relief when you end up where you wanted to be in the first place. It will be worth it. You, there will come the day where you look back at your life and you breathe a sigh of relief and say, I'm so glad I made that course correction 10, 20, 30 years ago because now I'm where I want to be. Now I have the marriage I wanted to have. Now I have the children I wanted to have. Now I have the financial peace I wanted to have. Now I have the relationship with God that I wanted to have because back there I saw the danger ahead and I made a change. Every one of us has a destination in every area of our life that we want to end up at. Sadly, we tend to stray off course and if we don't do something about it, will end up somewhere we never expected to be. When you notice you're off course, you need to make a course correction in your life. Do something. It may have to be drastic. It may have to be extreme. But do something. Get rid of whatever is making you stray. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be some embarrassment. But it will be worth it when you breathe a sigh of relief because you end up where you want it to be in the first place.